Hey everyone, welcome to the Planned, Prepped, and Productive Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Spackman, registered dietitian and mom of three, and believer in peaceful, easy, but also homemade family meals. On this podcast, I'm helping moms master mealtime and become the boss of their kitchen. As you do this, you'll find more peaceful meals through prep and planning. We will do this by focusing on four pillars for making mealtime manageable, doable, and if you give it a chance, maybe even fun. The four pillars are mindset and self-care, planning and organization, meal planning, and meal prep. This is episode number 89, Preserving and Storing Holiday Treats. Hello everyone, I'm so glad to be back after the end of season two and the addition of our sweet baby boy to our family. He was born October 20th, everything went well, and he is the sweetest, happiest, most pleasant baby we've had yet. Um, The transition has been as smooth as possible, but as usual, having a baby has certainly humbled me, and I've got to be completely honest, you guys, while I'm still cooking most nights after... You know, I had some help in the very, very beginning, but I do have to admit that my drive through runs have definitely increased, so if you're in that same survival mode type boat, I get it. I've been there, I am there, but I've done this before and I know it won't last forever and it's the same for you, so don't quit trying to get those homemade meals on the table. And like I said, despite being in a little bit of survival mode, just due to having a baby in general and, you know, having our responsibilities mega increased. Um, He really is the sweetest little thing who only cries when he's hungry or if he needs some cuddles, but pick him up and he is as happy as can be. So he definitely knows, like I said, that he is a fourth baby. So anyway, enough about our family changes. Let's jump right back into the podcast with today's topic, Christmas treat storage. All right. Let's talk about Christmas treats for a minute. If you are a longtime follower of the podcast, then you know that despite being a dietitian, I am not anti-treat or anti-sugar by any means. Don't think I'm going to call the sugar police on you. However, I do think that around the holidays, things tend to get just a smidge out of hand. If you don't think so, then you can skip this episode and... Uh, hop back in on a topic that interests you more. But for me, there's all the treats from the parties, the treats from your neighbors, and then of course the treats that you have to make for your family because they're your favorite. And while I'm all for indulging, especially around the holidays, I also find that the holidays tend to be a time where emotions run high. You might be busier than usual. You might be less able to commit to your regular self-care due to all of the busyness and family time. Um, so let's put together lots of extra sugar with not maintaining your normal diet and exercise habits and potentially not getting enough sleep. And you've got a recipe for an extra cranky you, which no one wants, especially around the holidays. But I don't know about you, but there is no way I can throw away delicious homemade goodies. There is no way that I can throw away delicious homemade goodies. Keep the toffee away from me if you want to keep it. So instead, what I've learned to do to kind of keep things at bay, to keep the sugar to keep the sugar levels in moderation, is to freeze or store for later. Now, if you want to keep this episode super short, you could just stop here. 
Um, and I will just tell you that basically all of your Christmas treats can be frozen. There you go. That's the episode. Instead of eating everything as soon as it comes or as soon as you make it, freeze some for later. But that would be a very interesting episode. So we're going to dig into a little bit more detail. Um, so come with me on a little journey while we talk about all of the best ways to store your favorite Christmas treats so you can enjoy them after the holiday and maybe avoid the sugar cookie induced coma while you're at it. So let's talk about some details about all of the best holiday treats to know the best ways to take care of them so that they last as long as possible. So we're just going to dig into the different types of holiday treats and how I would save them for later. So let's start by talking about cookies. Cookies are probably the most popular Christmas treat, right? And you're probably aware that you can freeze fully baked cookies. You can also freeze cookie dough. The choice is yours. So if I'm trying to decide how I want to preserve a cookie, I tend to decide whether or not to freeze whole cookies or cookie dough based on how I want to enjoy the cookie. For example, sugar cookies are generally served chilled or at least at room temperature. They are not usually served warm and they need to be cool in order to be able to frost them so that the frosting doesn't melt while you're frosting them. So because of the way that we eat sugar cookies, it's obvious to me that I should freeze sugar cookies whole rather than freezing the dough. Uh, Other cookies like chocolate chip, I want to eat when it's still piping hot and chocolate chips are melting everywhere, oozing out. So in this case, I'm going to freeze the dough. Reheating cookies is somewhat challenging. You can always pop them in the microwave and they're okay, but never as good as they came right, but never as good as when they came right out of the oven. So the best way for me to be able to get that melty chocolate chip goodness is to freeze the dough instead of freezing the finished cookie. When freezing cookie dough, I found that the most useful way to freeze it is by first portioning out the dough and then freezing it in a flat layer before moving it to a gallon bag. One thing one thing to think about uh, with your holiday gifts this year as well, if you tend to do baked goods for your neighbors or friends, is that you could consider giving them frozen cookie dough so that they too can enjoy these cookies year round instead of just right around the holiday. So that could be a really fun way of giving someone a homemade gift that is absolutely delicious without, you know, adding to the sugar overload quite as much because they are in control of when they want to make those cookies. So just an idea. When you're ready to enjoy a cookie or a few cookies, simply bake from frozen Uh, Turn your oven down to 25 degrees less than what the recipe tells you to do and then cook for one to two minutes longer. You might have to go even longer than that, but that way you make sure you don't burn them um, until the cookies are done to your desired doneness. Okay, so that's all about cookies. Next, I want to talk about frosting. I don't know why frosting never seems to be the right amount. There's always too little or too much. Some frostings are quick and easy to whip up, so it's not a big deal, but others like royal icing, for example, I think that one's probably the most work, but even a good buttercream where you've spent tons of time whipping in that air, you don't want to just whip that up again when you run out. So you want to make an extra lot to make sure you have enough for whatever baking project you're working on. But what do you do with what's left, aside from eat it with a spoon, right? (laughs) Well, luckily, royal icing, buttercream... Most frostings can be frozen for even up to a year or more, and they can also even be kept refrigerated for about a month. So definitely don't throw it away. 
one thing about frosting that I like to do, this is like a little secret that I have, is to make extra, extra on purpose over the holidays when I do my holiday Christmas cookies with the kids um, so that I have enough that we can do Valentine's Day cookies in February. And that ends up being a fun weeknight activity with like no work involved because the frosting's already done. All I have to do is defrost it. Like I said, basically any frosting does well in the freezer. Dairy, we've talked about in the past, tends to be a little iffy in the freezer, but I've frozen cream cheese frosting, for example, a dairy-heavy frosting with no problems. So, like I said, don't throw those leftovers away. Freeze them for another day. Okay, so let's talk about cakes and batters. So whole cakes freeze extremely well. In fact, I essentially always freeze my cakes before decorating them because it's the easiest way to assemble and decorate cakes. I actually have a whole episode all about how I use meal prep to make beautiful layer cakes if you want to give that a listen. So anyway, don't stress at all about freezing a cake. It's going to taste just great when you're all done. But let's say you have a holiday party where you're making a cake and you don't have time to freeze and thaw it, but you still want to get ahead. So there's a couple of different things you can do. One of my favorite tricks when it comes to any kind of baking is to just mix up the dry and be- is to just mix up the dry ingredients in advance, um, and then quickly add the wet ingredients when I'm ready. Um, this is a really simple, easy way to basically kind of make your own mix. Um, You could also just do the whole batter ahead and store it in the fridge. If you are going to do this, a quick tip just to make sure that everything still rises like it's supposed to is that you can leave out the baking soda or baking powder and then mix that in at the last minute so that that chemical reaction causing the rise isn't happening until right when you mix it. But most cakes, pancakes, those kind of things, those batters will actually last um, okay in the fridge for, you know, a day or so for up to a day um, when you're ready to use it. So if you're the one baking, that's a great way that you can meal prep and get ahead with your cakes. So let's jump into another Christmas favorite, breads. I know there's lots of different popular breads at Christmas time. So we're gonna split our breads into two categories. You've got your sweet breads, like your pumpkin or cinnamon breads, and then you've got your yeasted breads, which which would be your sweet rolls or just regular loaves of bread, anything that you're baking at this time of year for the holidays. So those are our two different categories. We will start with sweet breads. Um, Honestly, the easiest way to take care of a sweet bread is to just wrap it up and freeze it. It will do just great in the freezer. In fact, for my wedding, I know that uh, my mom was getting ahead on all the different types of bread and freezing them. And then when it was time, we just laid out this beautiful display of sweet bread that had all been previously frozen. Nobody had any idea. Yeast breads will also do well if you freeze them. And if someone has gifted you some kind of a loaf of bread, that's what I would do is just wrap it up and freeze it. However, if you are baking yourself, the best way to have the most delicious, the best way to have the most delicious yeast bread is by par baking. I've talked about this before. I'll drop my episode all about par baking. If you don't know what it is, basically par baking is baking at a low temperature until your baked good is just barely baked through without any browning so that after you've frozen them, you can pop them back in the oven and you can get that browning and you also have a nice fluffy 
delicious bread product, not one that's been dried out from being overcooked. So that way you get that hot bread, which most people love that is also not overcooked. For those gifts that your friends gave you that you froze, I would probably just let the bread thaw. I wouldn't stick it back in the oven necessarily because it would dry out. And if you want it warm, you could pop it in the microwave for a little bit. But par baking really is the way to go for your own baking. So try it out if you haven't yet. All right, so another popular Christmas treat would be your caramels or toffee. This is the one that I cannot keep my hands off of. Caramel and toffee can absolutely be refrigerated or frozen. However, one thing to keep in mind with these is that both of these items actually have a really long shelf life all on their own. And they will stay good if well wrapped and stored at room temperature in a dark place or at least out of the sun. Um, so hide these treats away in your pantry and save them for those afternoons that you need a little pick-me-up and they will last for six months or longer, even at room temperature. So um, that's a great thing to save. That's a great thing to save. And if you get some as a gift, maybe even consider their shelf life and intentionally put them away as soon as you get them while you get through those, while you get through those cookies or other things that are harder to store and then you can get them back out after those other goodies are all gone. All right, so the last thing I wanted to talk about is eggnog. Eggnog is not my thing, but I know it's a very popular this time of year. Commercial eggnog, or eggnog that you purchase from a store, can, to my surprise, be frozen, because eggs are really finicky about being frozen. Just go ahead and leave a little space at the top of the container for it to expand, so it doesn't explode in your freezer, and bring it out to thaw and enjoy it. A homemade eggnog, however, cannot be frozen. So if you love it, enjoy it before it goes bad uh, because you're not going to be able to save it. All right, my friends, there you have it. There's how you can store, freeze, and use a little bit of meal prep for your baked goods so that you can kind of spread that delicious holiday sugar out and not be on sugar overload this holiday. Thanks for tuning in, my friends. Like I said, I'm so thrilled to be back with you for season three of the podcast. Um, and I appreciate you being here, appreciate your patience as I adjust to my new family dynamic. Um, and I'm always just so, so grateful to have any listens. So I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. And thank, and I thank you for taking the time to be here, to download, to show up. So on the next episode of the podcast, which will drop in two weeks time, we'll be just getting ready for the holiday and for New Year's. And we are going to talk about how to use your planner to improve your habits. This is something I'm super passionate about, and I'm really excited to take you through that process. So my friends, I hope you are having a wonderful holiday season and continue to have a wonderful holiday season. Until next week, happy planning.